0: Hello, and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, ScriptsAndScribes.com. But first, I'm pleased to have on a lit manager and producer who began his career in feature development at the Robert Evans Company, Gracie Films, and Red Wagon. Then, along with Mike Goldberg, they started up management and production firm Abstract Entertainment in 2007. In 2010, Abstract was bought by Roar Management, and in 2011, he was hired by New Wave Entertainment, where he worked for three years before joining Circle of Confusion in 2014, Mr. Josh Adler. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is great. First, we always like to find out more about our guest. Can you maybe talk a little bit about your background and what inspired you to get started working in the entertainment industry in the first place?
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, I've uh, probably, much like many of your your listeners and the majority of the people, you know, uh, in the business, uh, I am a, a... not formally trained but a student of film and television you know I, I i grew up uh sitting in front of the television i grew up sitting in movie theaters um and you know i, I came out and got into this business um for no other reason than it's what i love to do um you know and it's uh, uh it's funny i've, I've told the story before but uh my parents when i was when i was very young had uh, uh you know hbo and you know the the that whatever pay channels were around back then. I think it was pretty much just HBO and Cinemax right. or, or Showtime. Um, uh, and they ended up, you know, they they appreciated and enjoyed uh, having those channels, but they ended up having to cancel them uh, because they wanted me to get out of the house and, and go make friends. Um, and I was just <laughs> sitting in front of the TV all day. Uh, so they, they you know, took one for the team, bit the bullet and and got rid of the channels that they enjoyed just to inspire me to go out and make friends. Which I did, uh, and I befriended a kid down the street that I, I could not stand, but he had HBO, um, <laughs> so I, I befriended him and we go sit at his house and uh, and watch watch movies in his living room. Um, so that was uh, uh, at a pretty young age, my my desire to uh, immerse myself in in film and television um, was pretty apparent, um, and then you know, like anybody else did, you know the. Grew up and you know had a great childhood and whatever went to college and never really I guess knew that there was uh, that these jobs existed mm-hmm. um, so to speak. I think it was it was really more of a, a pipe dream you know for some kid and I was like oh wouldn't that be cool if you could actually go work in movies and I was like okay well time to go to college and went to college and you know uh, started out in the the accounting program at, at, at you know uh, the school I was at and. Uh, My junior year, I believe it was, I met met a kid uh, whose cousin, you know, worked uh, in the business and he was telling me, you know, oh, my cousin does this, my cousin does that. And uh, I was like, oh, whoa, wait a second. Like, there there are real people that actually do this and make a living at it. Um, And for some reason, I just never put two and two together that it was actually legitimately possible to have a career doing this. And and the second I, I, you know, had that sort of, you know, moment... Um, I was like, "We well, got to hook me up with your cousin. I, I got to get out there. I got to do whatever it is, uh, you know, and got to see what they do and how to do it." Uh, he hooked me up with uh, with his cousin. Got an internship. It's uh, actually at uh, Paramount Classics uh, mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, it was my first, you know, not really a job, but internship uh, in the business. Um, and I came out and I saw it, and I was like, "This is it. This is what I'm doing. This is the only thing." Uh, I wanted to do the only thing I, I, you know, at that moment it was it was it was blinders, you know, on that was it that was what I was going to do. Went back to school, finished up, packed up uh, two suitcases, and bought a one-way ticket.
2: Nice. And came
1: out to L.A. and that was, you know, uh, I used the the connections that I had made working, you know, interning at Paramount to get onto the Paramount lot. And then I just sort of walked around and uh, and I ended up uh, in Robert Evans' office um, talking to his assistant. Um, just saying, hey, I'm looking for, you know, looking for a job, and started out working working there, um, and then went from there over to uh, to Gracie Films. I worked at Gracie Films for a while, and that was over on the Sony lot, and then went next door to uh, to Red Wagon with uh, Doug Wick and Lucy Fisher, um, and then left there and went out and got into the management business. But you know, it was it really all was born uh, from a love of just watching movies and TV shows.
0: That's great. I mean, that's. Not quite as astounding as the Spielberg stories of him just taking over an office of <laughs> the Universal lot, but pretty darn close, wandering around the Paramount, lo- Paramount lot and wandering in into Robert Evans's office saying, I need a job. Okay, come work for us. So that's pretty I, it cool. Was, uh,
1: it was one of the things that, like, I think it was uh, uh, naivete, um, you know. It, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have done that. But at the time, <laughs> I didn't know that that was a big deal, you know. Like, sure. it, for me, it was... Uh, was, hey, you know, I'd I'd run around and made photocopies and stuff, uh, uh, you know, as an intern. I moved out here. I wanted a first job. Only people I knew were at Paramount, and, you know, I got a drive-on, and and then I started walking around and saying, hey, is anybody looking for somebody, you know? And at the time, it didn't seem like (laughs) that big of a deal.
0: No, I think that's great, and it worked out. I mean, it's serendipity, right? Uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it did, and it it uh, it was a fun ride, for sure.
0: Cool. That's a great story. I think that's fantastic. Now you started Abstract Entertainment with Mike Goldberg, and I know Mike left New Wave. You know through that whole transitional process with Roar and sure. New Wave, he left New Wave to become a lit agent at APA, and you've remained a manager and joined Circle. What was the thought yeah. process like for you leaving New Wave and staying a manager rather than also sort of jumping into the agenting ranks? Uh, what is it about management specifically that makes it the best fit for you? Why do you why did you stay a manager as opposed to you know exploring the the agenting side? Like sure, of course.
1: Uh, Mike and I, I mean, you know, uh, we moved out here together. Uh, I knew him in college. Um, we were roommates together. I was the best man at his wedding. He was the best man at my wedding. We've known each other a really long time. And so, you know, uh, we, we got into management together, you know, really just because, uh, not out of convenience, but you know, we were, we were best friends. We did everything together and we were excited about being in the business together. We didn't really know what we were doing, but we started this company and, you know, over the years as, as the, our, you know, our company and our, 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 clients and stuff progressed and grew, you know, really the, the, delineation of, uh, responsibilities between Mike and I became, you know, very, very clear that really I, he was the internal agent and I was the internal development exec for our clients. Gotcha. Um, you know, they, they had their agents that, that, that they were repped by but on the management side, they had Mike and they had myself and Mike, you know, did the, A lot of the, you know, the groundwork and the hustling and the running around and the finding new clients and, you know, uh, really managing the agents and doing that aspect of of the business. And I dealt a lot more just directly with the client, doing notes on scripts, breaking down stuff, breaking story, you know, uh, just the the real hands-on development. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the longer that we were there and, you know, the, the working together, it became you know, the, the responsibilities became more and more defined and it eventually was, he was an agent, you know, working at a management company and I never was, I was a manager working at a management company. I was very comfortable and he was, you know, he, he's much he's more transactional. He likes the, you know, uh, uh, that aspect of the business. And, you know, as our business, you know, started getting more and more into television as well, you know, there was this whole, other world out there, which, you know, they're, they're both storytelling, you know, mediums, but films and television are two very separate businesses. Like they're, they're coming closer together now, um, you know, as far as who, who's involved in what, but for a long time, they were, you know, it's an entirely different set of executives, entirely different set of agents, entirely different set of writers and directors. And so, you know, we started learning the business and, you know, to sort of jump shot, you know, that and, 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 really, you know, get it going. Mike was like, I kind of, I like television, I want to be in television, I'm much more transactional, you know, anyway, and I think it sort of just hit him one day that, like, he's like, I'm I'm an agent, and if I'm going to be an agent, I should go plug into that system, you know, really get the access of being at a big agency, and, you know, uh, that was really, it wasn't like a... A big uh, shock to me when when we were having the conversation. I was like, "Yeah, I totally get it." Like you know, we would have development meetings that he would come and join with, uh, um, you know, producers and 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 writers and actors and directors and everybody's in the room and you know, he's, he would say hello. And then, and then goodbye at the end of it. Like, he's like, I just don't like that kind of stuff. Like, that's not, I, I can give a set of quick notes on something, you know, and for what I think makes it better. But like, if you're really going to get in there and rip a script apart and like, he's like, it's not what I do.
0: And for right. me, it is what
1: I do. So, you know, uh, I, I look at him, you know, and think he's nuts for going to be an agent. He looks at me <laughs> and like, he's like, you're nuts for staying a manager. Like, uh, but it's just it's it's what his strengths were at an age you know fit much more the agency you know route and my mine fit the the manager route
0: right got it
1: um, so it, it's 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 worked out you know well for him I think
0: yeah so. no I mean it seems like it's worked out well for both of you guys so
1: um, it's and, been it's been pretty good yeah
0: yeah <laughs> um, and as a manager I'm sure you refer or you have referred many clients to their first agent meetings. Obviously you would refer them to agents that you like and respect, but what should a writer look for in a good lit agent? And what are some of the signs that it'll be a good fit?
1: Um, For an agent, you know, by the way, it's, it's for agents, it's for managers, it's for lawyers, Mm -hmm. you know, it's for me, first and foremost, it's personalities. It's fit in a room. You go sit down in a room, if you if you don't jive, you don't jive, you know. And, and there's a lot there's agents that you know, I work a lot with that I think are you know phenomenal. And I find a new client, and you know, when they go and sit down with that agent. It's just it's not the right fit, you mm. know, like the personality wise in the room. So first and foremost, you know, you just gotta you gotta get along. I mean, it's it's sort of uh, uh, you know it's a different business now. It's not I'm not saying that it was ever easy. Sure. but Making making films, getting movies made they ship hard now. Like it, it's a, it's a very, very difficult business. It's very hard to get anything done. The last thing you want to be doing is dealing with people that you don't like dealing with, right. you know? So, uh, you, you want to be, you're in the trenches. You want to be dealing with the people that you're friends with, that you like, that you enjoy hopping on the phone with, you enjoy figuring out a problem with or whatever. So, uh, I think the personality fit is, is first and foremost. Um, and second, you know, uh, it would. Lends itself to that. It's. I'm a very big believer in that. It's. It's the agent, it's not the agency. There are plenty yeah. of great agents at you know small and medium sized agencies around town, and there are plenty of <laughs> not so great agents. Or I haven't <laughs> had great experiences with you know uh, at some of the bigger agencies. Like uh, then again, there's some great agents at some of the bigger agencies, and there's some not so good ones at the small and, and medium sized. So really, it's it's way more for me uh, when I'm advising a client. It's the agent more so than the agency, you know, and right. it's, it's, you know, some young baby writer may love the allure of being at one or being able to tell his friends he's at one of the big places, but that, that may not be the right fit for him, you right. know, where he's at personality wise and whatever he may, you know, do much better with, you know, with, uh, with some, with a young hustler or, you know, uh, whatever at one of the smaller places, I, there's just, there's so many variables. It's hard to say, um, but it really is, is fit personality wise and, you know, what they, what they really need. And, you know, the, every agency offers something different, you know, but at the same time, they all offer the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's, you know, uh, with the right, with the right manager, the right lawyer, you know, uh, and the right agent, everybody's working together. Everybody's picking up the slack of the others. Like, so it's really, it's finding what you have in a manager, and you know what you best need out of an agent to complement that
0: right no that all makes sense we get mm-hmm. asked this a lot and i'm sure nearly all of your clients come from referral or another source like that and, and but i'm sure, sure you also get bombarded with queries it's inevitable mm-hmm. i'm sure what makes a good query letter and what are some of the most common problems you see with queries
1: you get i'll start with the problems okay <laughs> right after that. um there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time, you know, writing their script, perfecting it, pouring over it over and over again. Every, you know, every page, every sentence, every word, every letter has, has been looked over so many times that it's, you know, it's perfect. And then they jot out a query letter real quick and, 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 and blast it out. And it's like, that's the, your query letter is the first, and if it's not good, the only thing that these people are going to read. So, you know, your, your query letter has to be of the same quality as the script. Because when I'm looking at a query letter... I'm I'm reading it. I'm reading your writing in that query letter. And if that writing in the query letter isn't good, I know the script isn't going to be good or assume it's not going to be good. Right. So spend time writing your query letter Mm -hmm. and spend time making sure that there aren't, uh, you know, spelling mistakes, (laughs) punctuation mistakes, you know, uh, saying, you know, dear Mr. Alder or whatever. Right. Right. It's it's. You know, it's it's little things like that, and I say it to, to to my clients all the time, I say it to my colleagues, I say it to my assistant, devil's in the details. It's like, you know, it's it's a it's a mantra, you know, that just pay attention to the small things because they matter. Mm-hmm. And when I'm sitting in my office and a queer letter comes in, I glance at it, you know. I'm not going to spend, you know, uh, 10 minutes, you know, really carefully going through it. Like, I... Quickly glance at it. And if there's a, a typo or you know whatever in the first sentence, move on. Because mm-hmm. clearly the writer doesn't care enough. Right. You know, in the query letter, they probably don't care enough in the script. Right. So first and foremost, make sure everything is spelled correctly. Make sure. And, and another thing, it's just a, a pet peeve of mine. A lot of times with you know with computers, when you cut and paste something,
2: mm-hmm. you can
1: tell a difference <laughs> in the font. So if Dear Mr. Adler is in one font and the entire rest of the query is in another <laughs> right. font, I know that it's just been cut and pasted and blasted out to everybody. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't be doing that. You should. Say, you know, not every query letter is written hand you know, individually for each person it's going to, but at least make it appear that way. Right. You know, at least give you know, uh, uh, whoever you're sending it to the illusion that you handpicked them because they would be perfect for this script and they should read it. Instead of saying, hey, you're one of a thousand people I'm sending this to, take a look.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: So little things like that. And then as far as, you know, uh, uh, what well, kind of a queer look, this is a creative business. Um, and, you know, it all starts with the writer. So it has to be creative. It has to stand out. It has to be interesting. Um, and I'm not, look, everybody has a different way of, of doing things. Everybody has a different voice. Everybody has a, you know, have, has different creative bones in their body, uh, but you're you're this is you're trying to grab someone's attention. And you know, from a representative point, I get uh, who knows what the exact number is, many many queries a day that just pop up in my you know in my email. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you stand out from the rest of them? And you know, it's I, I've had and by the way, that's just not for query letters. That's for scripts. It's for 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 pilots that you're writing for for anything. You got to you have to stand out. You're doing a pitch, whatever it is. Most of the people that work in representation when we're looking for new clients or, you know, executives or producers that are looking at projects, we look at a lot of stuff. And, you know, I'm not saying that it becomes monotonous, but a lot of the stuff just feels repetitive or it feels familiar. So if you really want to, you know, uh, uh, sort of grab someone's attention, you have to feel different. Mm-hmm. So put some, put, some, put some of the same creativity that you put into your script Put it into the query letter. Come up with a cool way to do it. Come up with a cool, you know, and I'm not saying that this is right or wrong way to do it. I've seen ones where the query letters are, you know, uh, are written like a script, you know, where it's like you have the scene heading of, you know, interior, Mr. Adler's office, whatever. Like, you know, and people do creative and interesting ways of doing cre- of, of a query letter, and those grab your attention. Um, I won't give the, uh, this is a different, not a query letter, but it is a a script sort of thing. You know, I had a, a a client that was, was trying to, to get into staffing, into television, whatever. And he kept writing these, you know, he'd write a pilot and it was good. And it was a good pilot. And here he would write a a spec episode of something. This was a few years ago, write a spec episode of something. And, uh, it would inevitably go into you know a stack of 40 scripts that some showrunner had to read or whatever, and it's like he finally was like, I'm just another script in a stack of scripts going to these people. How do you ever stand out? Um, and he he wrote uh, something. I don't know if I can get too specific with it, but sure, uh, you know, it's, uh, he wrote something called the potato chip letters, um, mm-hmm. which he was he was eating a bag of Frito Lay potato chips. Uh, and on the back it said, you know, for questions or comments, please write to, you know, whatever the address was. And so he wrote a series of, he was of eight letters, back and forth between a disgruntled potato chip customer and the head of consumer affairs for Frito Lay. <laughs> and it was fucking hilarious. And he worked off that thing for years.
2: Really? Wow. Because
1: all of a sudden, a showrunner, you know, it's not a script. It's not traditional but it was really fucking creative. It was a very unique voice and it was hilarious mm-hmm. and it stood out when that showrunner burned through 40 pieces of material that was sitting on his desk. The one that he remembered at the end of it was the potato chip level.
0: <laughs> right, right. How are you going to forget that? Because
1: it was unique
0: yeah. and I'm not
1: saying that I'm just using it as an example of, you know, of, of stand out, do something creative. This is a creative business. Right. So if you're trying to prove to people, you know, that you you, you can be a part of the, the creative community, do so by showing some creativity.
0: Right. Now, that's great. Transitioning really quickly, when you start reading a sure. spec, when you actually request a spec and you get the spec sent to you, how much does page count matter? Do you check to see how long it is before you even start?
1: Yes, I do. Um, and look, you know, there's uh, there's no... Defined like it has to be X pages, sure. Uh, but you know, there's a range that for for you know a, a comedy or romantic comedy around here for some big epic, whatever you know, around this page count. Like there's pretty much you know general rules of thumb to that. Um, and part of me, uh, it has nothing to do with my wanting to uh, to not spend too long on something or, or or whatever it might be. I look at it as can you play within the rules. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, this is, this is a creative business. It's still a business, and there's still, you know, uh, uh, certain things that need to be done a certain way. There's certain formats that need to be followed. And, you know, uh, uh, to me, somebody querying me and saying, hey, I've got this, this amazing, you know, 190-page romantic comedy. It's oh, like, well, gosh. then, you know, clearly you're not taking it too seriously, because you're you, you're not you're not following the the standard guidelines, the rules of how you know uh, you know formatting works or you know structure works or whatever. Like uh, it's weird because it's it this business is a called the business is a perfect blend of of art and commerce, mm-hmm. and you know you 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 need both to be successful. You have to have a creative mind. You also have to have a business mind uh, to, you know, to make it work. And, you know, it's, it's the best of the best, you know, can, can, can wear both hats, um, and understand that, you know, there's certain, uh, there's certain lines that you have to, you know, color within. Um, and there's plenty of people out there that, you know, go an inch outside of that box and it stands out and they can get away with it or whatever, but don't go a mile outside the box.
2: Mm
1: Um, I, and, you know, uh, it was one of my first forays into, uh, into this business when I was a, an intern at paramount Classics uh, I went, I got They brought me to a screening of uh, a movie they were they were looking at for for acquisitions um, and it was about, I think it was two and a half or three hours long. Uh, there was not a single word spoken in the entire film. There actually weren't any, weren't any actors even in the film. The entire thing was a series of landscapes and pictures and scenes um, that had nothing to do with each other as far as I could tell. And it culminated in a massive demolition derby between a bunch of cars set inside of a volcano. (laughs) And I I remember, I I remember walking out of that and I was like, who is that for? Like at the end of the day, like you obviously you you took time and spent money to make this thing and it's never going to be seen by anybody because nobody can do anything with that, so have some creativity and do some cool things, but do so within the confines, or at least relatively within the confines of 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 what you know uh, distributors want, or studios want, or whatever, so that your your work can actually become commerce and be seen by people. Right. So uh, you know it was it was a, a very early you know lesson in in, in my career. Uh, walking out of that movie and being like, I, I don't get it. I don't get why anybody would do that. Right. Um, I get the, you know, like I get the need to be uh, artistically fulfilled and, and, and to be creative. Uh, but at the same time, be, you know, that, that, that artist, I'll call him an artist cause I was definitely an artist, uh, had a voice and needed to say something uh, and, and had to make this statement and he did, but he made it to no one cause no one ever saw that movie. Right. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, if you have something to say, if you have a vision, if you have like that's great. But you kind, you still have to sort of sort of follow the guidelines and the rules, so that ultimately what you're trying to say and what you're trying to share can be shared with people. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, it's it's a long-winded way of saying that page count matters because it shows that you're you're staying within the box. Right. You're you know you're following somewhat, you're showing that you're following somewhat you know the rules of the trade. Right. Which, you know, as a sort of side note onto that, uh, and I get this question, I've, I've had a lot of clients do this, other people do this, uh, they have a, you know, a script that's 120 pages, and they know it needs to get down to you know, 105, they really need to cut 15 pages out of this. And instead of cutting 15 pages out of it, you know, they fib the margins a little bit, they push and pull right. this here, and they get it down to 100, 105, 107 pages, like it worked! I'm like, but it doesn't, because it, it it actually, in my opinion, hurts you, because mm-hmm. I'm reading that script, and I'm still reading 120 pages, but when I look up at the top, I'm only, you know, like, I, I theoretically read 40 pages, but I'm only on page 30, or 32, or whatever, so as you're reading it, and you, you look up at the page count, or whatever, you're like, God, this is taking a really long time to get through. Mm-hmm. and so it, it, it's it's counterproductive in in, in 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 using that as a cheat because ultimately the person reading it is going to feel like the story's really slow. It's not chugging along. it's not moving,
2: right. I and
1: uh, uh, so I would advise anybody out there who's you know who knows they need to cut some some pages off their script to legitimately take the time to sit down and try and cut the pages off your script as opposed to fibbing margins and, and, you know, and trying to keep the the 120 pages and just have it look like 107 because it will still read and feel like 120.
0: Right. Absolutely. And there's something to be said for the economy of of language as well. I use use...
1: that phrase a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The economy of language and, you know, Nine times out of ten, anytime I've had a you know a, a client or a writer say I've gotten it down you know to the, the bare bones, I can't cut any more out of this. Like you look through it, and there's descriptions of things, and there's there, there's always room to economize the language mm-hmm. in you know maybe not in the dialogue, uh, but in scene descriptions, sure. and you know like in, in 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 that aspect of the writing, you can always cut a little bit here and there. Right. And, uh, and it will, will really have no effect on the read or the characters or the arcs, or the motivations, like all that stuff is still there. You're just economizing the language of how you describe things. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we've got
0: uh, quite a few actually listener questions that I wanted to throw your way. Sure. Um, the first is you have a very good reputation for being client friendly. I even remember a casual conversation about something else where a writer client of yours had glowing things to say about you. What intrigued me was mm. your process with working with your clients is slightly different. Can you give us a glimpse of your process? That's interesting.
1: That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. Um, it was really funny because I, I get this uh, uh, quite often, uh, and it's just for some whatever reason there's a writer's group out there that, like, I think I have seven clients in and none of them knew each other and I signed them all separately in different ways but they all ended up in this one writer's group so they meet once a week or every other week or whatever and and half the table uh, are are clients of mine. That's funny. Uh, So it's really... It's good and it's bad. You know, they they start talking, and you know, this one's comparing to that one. What I said on this or whatever. Right. But it's interesting because they all you know uh, uh, they all talk, and it, it's just funny. That they all ended up in in, in one uh, in one writer's group together. <laughs> um, my process, honestly, is uh, is to just be supportive of their process. So you know, everybody's different. Everybody needs different things. I sign a writer, you know, based on I read a script. If the voice is there. If you know, if if all the the, the boxes are, are boxes are checked, and you know, uh, and I get excited about them, I'm passionate about them, and I, and I like the voice, and I like the piece of material, um, even if I don't like the concept of that one piece of material, even if it's you know whatever, I know they wrote it in a vacuum before they were working with anybody or whatever. Uh, but the voice is there, and you know, I can tell that that there's 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 talent there, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, you start working with somebody, and it really is a What's your process? Um, what do you need? Where, where are aspects that I can help you? Um, and and, and it's, you feel it out as you start going. So I have some clients that, you know, they come to me, With a list of of ten ideas and we go through all the ideas and we do that two or three times until we narrow it down to two or three and then they go off and they beat out a one pager or whatever on those two or three ideas and then we find the one that, you know, we think we can make work and then I get a two page treatment and then a ten page treatment and then, you know, then they go off and they send me the first act and, you know, it's, it's, we really very, very hands on through the whole thing help them, you know, put their script together. I have other clients that come to me and say, hey, here are my couple of ideas. And I say, oh, I relate really like that one. They're like, great, I'll see you in three months. And they'll go off and they'll write a script mm-hmm. uh, because that's their process. So, you know, it's, look, I know, I'm, not, I'm not a writer. Um, you know, I'm not a trained writer. I didn't, you know, that's, that's not what I do. Uh, so I'm in no position to tell anybody else how to do, you know, their job. Right. Uh, or how to, you know, uh, or how best to, to, to get their script, you know, uh, uh, together for them, what's the best process for them. That's not my place to to say so. Um, but I look at how they work and I figure out ways, you know, in which I can sort of add to the equation, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, you know, it really is writer by writer, uh, uh, specific, but it's it's knowing that, that I'm not a writer. My job is not to do this for them, it's to help them do it. It's right. to use my years in the business. I know how the business, you know, works and at least, you know, I don't know anybody fully knows how it all works because it's all everyone is different, but right. like uh uh you know, I have a, a good understanding of how the business works and I use that to, you know, uh to augment their process. Right and and guide them and steer them. I don't do it for them, you know? Uh, so some, some people need a little more guidance than others. Um, but it's, you know, that, that's the, again, the long winded way of saying, uh, <laughs> it's, it's writer specific to, to each one. Gotcha. Um, but it's, it is, it's a, you know, I like to think of myself as, as very writer friendly. I, 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 I like what I do. Mm-hmm. So I have fun doing this and, you know, uh, sitting in, you know, having a, a writer that, you know, likes to just go off and do it on their own. They go and they write a script and you you read that script and it's amazing. There's no better feeling. And at the same time, you know, you have a writer that's got a great idea, but just can't quite, you know, uh, get the dots to, to, to line up or connect. And they come in and they sit down with you for three hours in your office and you, you help them and just by talking it out, break the story no better feeling in the world than that, right. you know, like it's just, to me, this, this process of, of storytelling is fun and I love it. So any way in which I can help storytellers tell their stories, uh, I enjoy. Gotcha. Here's
0: another one. When you find a newbie writer that you like, what is the game plan from signing to the next two years? <laughs>
1: hmm. Uh, it's, it's, I, I want to give like, you know, different answers every time, but it's all <laughs> the same. It's client specific. Yeah. Everybody's different. Yeah. You know? uh, uh, There is no, and it's, you know, the, the I don't want to say the downside uh, of this business, but it's the downside of this business and the upside of this business. There is no way. There is no, this is exactly how you do it. If you want to be a very, very successful writer, you do this, 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 and this, and then you do this, and then we do this over here, and then boom, you're a successful writer. Right. Every writer has a different way of getting there. It's happened, you know, a million different ways for a million different people. So there is no, you know, set standard way of doing it. You know, that being said, there's, you know, there's, there's certain things that you can do to help. Um, and my job is to see where a writer is, where he wants to go, and figure out sort of the areas in which I can help that may push him this way or push him that way that will get him there. Mm -hmm. Um and everybody and everybody's different. Um and some people, you know, you sign a a baby newbie writer and the first thing you take out, you know, of theirs, you know, sells for a million dollars and gets made. Or the, you know, you develop five, six, seven scripts with them and none of them working on the eighth one, you know, it, it, you know, you get a million dollar sale or on the first, second, and third one, you get five, ten, dollars options on them here. Like everybody's different and mm. you build heat in different ways. Some people, you know, uh, uh, come up through the, the indie route and they, you know, they, they, they get, make a name for themselves on the, you know, coming out of a Sundance lab or whatever and building it up that way. Other people get that big, massive, you know, studio spec sale. So it, it really is, you know, you try a whole bunch of different things. When something works, when something happens, you start building off that and you build off the momentum. Yeah. And sometimes that's, you know, uh, on the path to the, the left over here. And sometimes it's, a, you know, the path on the right over here.
0: Right. Gotcha. So it
1: really is. Uh, it's just strategizing on the fly right. because there's, you know, there's no tried and true strategy that works. So you, you just take, you know, you take the information you have, you take the, you know, the bits of data that you have and you come up with a, a, a unique strategy for that one client.
0: Right, right. It sounds like uh, almost almost like a TV, young TV writer who we, – because we get questions asked all the time. Young TV writer, sure. is it better to write multiple episodes or a whole season of a show? Will that help in terms of the sellability? And absolutely not. If they like the pilot, you'll they'll hire a showrunner sure. show and then you'll start to work from there. And they may take some ideas from what you have, but ultimately it's going to take on a life of its own and go where it goes. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no TV, especially newbie TV writer is going to write the whole season, and they're just going to take that and and make that a show. So sounds like you know a writer's sure. career will take the path that it takes. But yeah,
1: and you know what? And there's there's plenty of people that you know when they when they started writing, when they started, you know, moved out to LA, they were going to be the you know the the romantic comedy guy. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, the thing that hit for them was the. Sci-fi, you know, the 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 contained supernatural, you know, thriller or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what they become for a while, you know, and it's it's that doesn't mean that once you do one thing and that you have success in that thing, that's the only thing you can do, but inevitably it will lead you down somewhat of a different path than you envisioned, um, simply because that's where you started,
0: you know, right, your right. your
1: first thing out the gate that got traction was. Is this thing, and so maybe you know the next thing you get, or the thing after that, would be a different thing than you would have gotten, you know, had your first thing out of the gate that had some success been a comedy. Right. Absolutely. You know, it, they, they ta- it, it will take on a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Now, That being said, you can you know you can maneuver it and you can you can turn it and sure. it's sort of the good thing about uh, uh, about being a writer, and I you know I firmly believe cream rises to the top. If you write something amazing literally an amazing script, it will get noticed and something will happen with it. That's just right. the, the nature of, you know, uh, of the business. If something is phenomenal, it's phenomenal and no one can deny that. So the beauty of being a writer, and it's probably, you know, it doesn't work that way for actors, definitely doesn't work that way for directors, um, is if you're going in a direction that you don't like, um, or, you know, for whatever reason, you're, you know, things installed stalled out or whatever, for free, you can go off and write something phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And you can restart, either restart your career or change the trajectory of your career with one piece of material that's amazing. Right. For a director, you know, that starts down one path or is trying to get his start or trying to jumpstart his career or get it re-going again or whatever it might be, you know, he can't go out and direct a phenomenal, amazing, you know, short or film for free.
2: Mm-hmm. It doesn't
1: work that way. It's not free. There's a lot of resources that have to go into, you know, uh, uh, the making of a, a movie or short or whatever. Um, as a writer, you can, all, you can write your way out of anything.
2: Right. Absolutely. And it
1: doesn't cost you anything to do so. Yeah. Sit down at your, at your you know, uh, your computer, your laptop, your typewriter, your, you know, yellow legal pad, whatever, right. and just start writing. hmm and if it's if it's great it can it can start your career restart your career or change your career and it costs you nothing to do so
0: right absolutely so it's
1: it's unique to writers in that way but that's the you know the beauty of being a writer is your 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 destiny is is in your own hands mm-hmm. literally in your fingertips
0: right no absolutely here's the next one They say that it now takes twice as long for half the money to break a new writer. What realities of breaking in should writers be aware of and how can they make their manager's job easier?
1: Hmm, twice as amount of time for half the amount of money, what can a writer do to make the job of the manager easier? (laughs) Write something phenomenal.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you
1: go. I mean, it's it's as simple as that, you know? Uh, It's only twice as hard and for half the amount of money, if you're trying to, you know, and I wouldn't say put a square peg into a round hole, but put an oval peg into a round hole.
2: Mm-hmm. If you
1: have a perfect circle, uh, it's very easy to fill a perfect circle. Right. So it doesn't take twice as long for half the amount of money if you have that perfect piece of material. Mm-hmm then it's actually pretty easy gotcha um, so it's writing something you know amazing yeah. and it's I never advise people to write for what the marketplace currently wants. that being said, you know if you are if you're trying to you know monetize your your efforts, again, it goes back to 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 coloring within the lines you know it's stay within that box, you know maybe uh, you know right now contained, you know, uh, uh, thrillers or whatever single, I think that's what everybody right now today is asking for. I wouldn't say start writing one of those today, you know, but because who knows what the marketplace is going to want tomorrow. That being said, I wouldn't go write a, you know, uh, a three hour movie that has no dialogue no actors and a demolition derby, you know, set inside of a volcano. Right. Like there's still things that you can do that, you know, uh uh write something commercial. Yeah. Write something that that is saleable that there's a buyer out there for.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and that will make your your representative's job easier. Um is just, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, when clients do this, writers do this, whatever, or you get that query letter of like, you know, one of two things. Either I've got the, you know, I've got this, this, this query. Uh, it's just like the 17 other things that have worked. And it's like, okay, yeah, it is. It's exactly like the 17 <laughs> things that, have, right. that have, have worked, including the one that's number one at the box office this past weekend. Like it's a little too close. Or right. the other favorite I get is you have never seen anything like this ever in the history of film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, there's probably a reason. Right. You know, and, and so it's, it's writing something that is commercial, that's in the zeitgeist, that, you know, uh, uh, feels like something a studio would make or, or sort of fits the foreign sales model or whatever it is, like that it feels f- uh, financeable mm-hmm. and makeable, you know, without right. being exactly like, you know, hey, I wrote, uh, you know, uh, a spy movie starring a female that's a comedy and it's a, and it's like yes we know that was called spy and it was out this weekend like you right. wrote the exact same thing that you know so it's it's finding sort of the happy medium between something that feels familiar but doesn't feel too familiar right
0: right um so
1: it's it is that that middle ground that riding that that line of the same thing but different
0: right absolutely Here's the next one. When looking for a new client, how does age play into the equation? Would you take on someone in their 20s as opposed to someone approaching 50?
1: Well, writing trumps all. That's probably the, the easiest way to answer that. If I see a query that's, you know, original pops, immediately grabs my eye and I'm like, that sounds awesome. I got to read that. And, you know, and I read your script and it blows me away. It's phenomenal. I, I don't I don't care who wrote it. hmm. You know, uh, it, that, that's not, you know, so, it, it, you know, I'm an equal opportunity employer, you know, like, right. uh, I sat down, you know, uh, I'm happy to sit down with a, a, a tw- you know, 20 year old, 40 year old, 60 year old, 80 year old. If it's a good piece of material, it's a good piece of material. You know, um, I sat down the other day with a, a 41 year old newbie baby writer, mm-hmm. but she was phenomenal. Right. You know, she'd, she'd, She, and and this goes to the the second point that I was going to make, Um, she's lived. She's gone and done other things. And if, you know, if you said to me, you know, uh, you've got time for one meeting today. One is a 22-year-old kid from Beverly Hills who just graduated from USC. And the other is, you know, a 40-year-old woman who spent, you know, uh, five years in the military, then was a police officer, you know, then went and trained with whatever. And now just so I'm going to pick that lady every single time. Mm-hmm. She's interesting. She's got something to say. She went out and experienced, you know, uh, uh, ups and downs and hardships and whatever. And she's, she, she has something to say now. I want to talk to her. I want to read her.
2: Right. So,
1: you know, age doesn't necessarily, you know, uh, uh, n- it's not necessarily a bad word. Right. right you know, right. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely open to, to anything. If, if there's a great story there and it's, and it's told beautifully, I, I, don't, I don't give a shit.
0: <laughs> um, cool. Here's one more. Many guests have said they get stuff that just isn't ready or they get queries from writers who just aren't ready. And I get that you have just one shot but how do you know unless you let it loose in the world? How does a newbie know if they're ready to send a script out?
1: That's a very good question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do, uh, to be honest, maybe you don't, but try everything first, you know, like, and by the way, don't go, and this is, uh, I'm sure maybe, you know, there's exceptions to every, you know, every rule. Maybe don't blast out to to every, you know, agent and manager and producer in the business, the very first thing you've ever written,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, try some things, work on a couple of things, hone your craft, perfect your craft, submit your stuff to, to script competitions and whatever, get, get feedback on stuff from, you know, uh, and by the way, friends and family aren't usually the, the most forthcoming when it comes to, uh, or forthright when it comes to, to notes and, 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 and harsh criticisms, join writers groups. mm mm-hmm you know, uh, uh, and get read by people who are also right. Like get honest feedback from people work on a couple of things, you know, get halfway through some scripts and toss them out and start again on something else. Like, like, perfect and hone what you're doing. And then when you've got that one that, you know, uh, you've you've been working on for a while and you, you've done a couple drafts on it, you've gotten some feedback from some some, some some of your writer friends or from writer's groups or whatever, and you've submitted to some competitions and it's doing well or placing or whatever, then okay, maybe it's time to, you know, to send out a query to, to, to officially submit it. But it's, I mean, it's, it's hard because it's it's, you know, when you're when you're a writer and you're you don't have representation you're not in the business whatever like you're writing in a vacuum right who who knows you know but at the same time like i i can pretty much say and with the, with almost you know uh, certainty uh, if you've written one screenplay in your life it's probably not there yet right
0: <laughs> right uh,
1: you know i went uh i don't remember what what uh, Premiere was or Screener or whatever it was and Kurtzman and Orsi were doing a and a afterwards and they were talking about you know the writing process and together and coming up together and all that and they mentioned you know that one of them had found you know some of their scripts their early scripts and they went back and they started reading them and they were like dude they were fucking terrible mm-hmm. this is like two you know very 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 accomplished great writers and they were talking about like the the tenth, twelfth, fourteenth script that they'd written together, and they were like, "Dude, they were awful." Like it takes a long time, wow. you know. Like you don't, you. It's almost like you know a professional golfer, or basketball player, or whatever. Like, yes, you have to have an inherent gift, you have to have a talent, but most of the times that's not enough. Mm-hmm. You also have to practice it, you know. Like uh, uh, there's a, a gol- the golfer Vijay Singh. You know, he's a, always, you know, he's a, a big golfer, makes a lot of money. And I heard this stat that he hits something like 10,000 balls a day. Like, he's a professional golfer on the tour, and he's been there for a long time, and he's been on the leaderboard, made a lot of money in his career, and he still, every day, goes to the range and hits 10,000 balls a day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because it's, while he has the, the talent, he also needs to hone the craft. Mm-hmm. There's also, you know, it's practice.
2: you yeah. got to
1: practice it. So, you know, even if you're a talented writer... You got to work at it. You got to perfect it. You know, you got to write. You know, one, two, five, ten, fifteen scripts before you really start hitting your groove and finding your voice. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's it's taking the time to do that before you know presenting your stuff to to you know to the industry and saying I'm ready. Yeah.
0: yeah. And in past interviews with a number of screenwriters and TV writers, producers, showrunners, we've asked on occasion, uh, what do you remember the first group you ever wrote and where is it? And to the, almost to the person, they say that it's buried somewhere in a desk or they, they don't have it anymore because it's so terrible. And again, yeah. almost all of them, it took five, 10, 15, 20 scripts to get to the point where they're like, okay, this is good stuff. Um, right. You know, And it's, and, it's,
1: it's coupling the, the talent with the, with the, with the, you know, the craft. And yeah. it's, you know, LeBron James or whatever, like these, they you know they still go to practice. They mm-hmm. still stand at the free throw line and throw hundreds of free throws just to you know to stay the best. Yeah. yeah I actually the other day I just saw this you know uh, this thing about you know all the all the failures of these big you know people that uh, uh, that everybody looks up to or the the leaders in their field and they all failed initially. I mean Michael Jordan was kicked off his high school basketball,
2: team, mm-hmm.
1: you know, and then he went home. He was depressed and he was you know completely deflated. And he said, fuck it. And he went outside, he grabbed a basketball, and he just started practicing.
2: Mm-hmm. And he
1: became Michael Jordan. Sure. You know, you've got to work at it. No matter how talented you are, you have to work at
0: it. Yeah, because he definitely wasn't Michael so, Jordan, all-star MVP, the first time he touched a basketball, or even the first thousand times he touched a basketball probably. Even the
1: first thousand times. It yeah. took him a long time to get there, yeah. and a lot of work, and a lot of sweat, and a lot of tears. Yeah. And, but, you you know, if, if it's something that you really want and you really want to do, put the effort in, yeah. you know, don't just jump to it. Like, it's not easy being a, you know, being a writer, being a director, being an actor, being an agent, being a manager, being a producer, being an executive, whatever, like everybody that's in this business worked hard for the most part. You know, sure, there are people that, that you know, got in, you know, I'm sure and more power to them. The majority of the people that work in this business worked really fucking hard to, to to get where they are. And those, you know, it, it's a difficult business and it takes a lot of time. You don't just walk in and, you know, and overnight get, get gifted, you know, a uh, uh, million dollars for your script or, you know, a hundred million dollar budget to go shoot something. Like, it, it takes a while, and you got to work at it in every aspect of it.
0: Right, absolutely. And lastly, do you have any advice for aspiring screenwriters? I mean, obviously, you've given a ton of it already, but or is there anything else you'd like to share?
1: Sure. And by the way, it kind of goes to, uh, you know, what we were just talking about, about, you know, putting in the time, putting in the effort, putting in the mm-hmm. work. Uh, it's the one thing I say to, you know, inevitably I get the call from my, you know, aunt or my, you know, my mom who's got a patient whose son wants to be, or, you know, like, and, you know, you just get those phone calls. My cousin's, you know, girlfriend's brother wants to be a writer or director wants to get in the movie business, you know? And what I always say is if you can picture yourself or imagine yourself doing anything else, go do it, do it now, save yourself the time and the headache and the energy and just go do it now. Mm -hmm. If, if you can't imagine yourself because, because inevitably uh, like I said, the business is hard. It takes a long time to get there. If you can imagine yourself doing anything else, go do it now because you inevitably will have your, your moment where you're just so fed up and frustrated that you go do your backup. Right. If you have no backup, if this is the only thing you can see yourself doing, then jump in head first and and just keep going until you make it. I mean, everybody I know that works in this business and has success in this business. They had no backup.
2: Yeah, this was it.
1: You know, and and they they lived on you know couches or you know uh, lived four people to a bedroom or took the bus instead of owning a car. Whatever, they made all sorts of sacrifices you know to make it happen and to become successful because there was nothing else that they they knew how to do or there was nothing else that they wanted to do and there was nothing else they could see themselves doing Um, and everybody I know that's in this business that's still in this business is in it because it was a it was passion you're in it for passion not for money not for fame not for whatever but you love telling stories you love being a part you know you, you love watching films you love watching you know shows you love being a part of the process you love telling stories and this is the only thing that you're passionate about then, then go head first and don't give up until you make it.
0: Right, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, it's,
1: it's, it's a passion-driven business, um, and it's, uh, it's not easy. There will be a lot of bumps and hiccups and ups and downs along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have no backup, then there's nothing else to do. You just weather through it. Everybody I know that came out here saying, I want to be an agent, I want to be a manager, I want to be a writer, whatever. And if that doesn't work out, I'm going to, you know, my dad's car dealership, you know, he's looking for someone to take over that. Or my, you know, I always wanted to to go be a this or that. Every single one of them is doing that thing now. Yeah. Because they hit that moment where they're like, what am I doing why am I doing this when I could go get that job at my dad's company or whatever, make my 150 grand a year and just be happy doing like if, if there's a backup there, go do it now. Mm-hmm. to save yourself the, 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 the headache and the struggle. Uh, if you don't have that backup and, or you don't, you know, uh, uh, or there's nothing else you want to do or can see yourself doing, then, you know, then this, this business is right for you. Right. Yeah,
0: being a paid professional screenwriter, TV writer is not a hobby.
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, it's absolutely. a job. Yeah, and you know it's a business, and there's a lot of a lot of money, and you know, uh, and, and people's livelihoods writing on each project, and mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 serious. Yeah. So it's you got to you got to want this, and you got to want to do this, uh, and if you want it, you know, and it's the only thing you want, inevitably you will figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. Every I mean everybody in the business did. And very few people that, that I know, uh, you know, come from Hollywood royalty or whatever, got kissed into it. Right. Most people busted their asses.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much yeah. for coming on the show and chatting with us today, Josh. I really appreciate it. No, That's this awesome. was great. So, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And if you have questions about the craft or business of writing, you can send us an email to ask at and Scribes or send us a tweet to at scriptscribes. There's no and in the middle there, just at Thanks for listening.